0: Om Vakratrunda Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Kurme Deva Sarva Sarvada Om Vakratrunda Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Kurme Deva Sarva Sarvada Om Shri the Munamaha Namuna Om Bhagavate Shri Swami Narayanayanama Om Shri the Swami Maharajainama, Om Shri the Swami Maharaja Yanama Om Shri Satguru Bhionamaha Om Namopakwate Vasudevaya Om Sri Krishna Namaha Om Namas Shivaya Om Saramangalamangale Shivay Sarvartha Sadike Gauri Narayan in the Mosute Om Shri Guru Bhionamaha Akhandamangala Karam Vyaptam Yenacharacharam Characharam Tatpadam Darsitam Yenatasme Shri Guru Venamaha Agnanatimirandasya Welcome to Daily Satsang. We are continuing our contemplation on the Brahma tattva What is the Brahman, the Akshara Brahman, the Atma? what, what exactly is all of this? And what is the Reality of the self. So to continue from yesterday, we were looking at the some of the quotations from the introduction uh, that is written by Jaydev Singh. That is called Pratyabhignarudayam, uh, the secret of self recognition. So this is a quite pr- profound scripture, but it really has to do with re- recognizing who am I, what am I, what is my essential nature. So, along those lines, yesterday we had uh talked about um the uh, um basic idea that there is a changeless principle, and that changeless principle uh is is present in all changing experiences, and that is called para samvit so that is a technical uh definition for that or technical meaning so along those lines to continue from yesterday we were looking at what is the word chit c i t so the atma is satcit ananda satchit ananda three ways it is described it has infinite power it can be described in infinite ways but it is a spiritual substance spiritual being spiritual entity or a spark like the spark of fire so the quality is the same but the you know but the brahman is the entire Universal reality. And the Atma is the one spark of that Brahman. This is one way to think about it. So the Chit is the energy. Uh, excuse me. It is uh, Yeah. Well, it, it is energy. But Chit is uh, consciousness. So uh, it is the changeless experience. Uh, as we were saying, that there is the Prakar Shivimarshamaya. The divine light of the Atma. The divine light of the atma is more than infinite suns, and the atma is then identified with the Brahman. That this is me. So, in the in the experience of prakriti that we have, which is our day-to-day experience, uh, as per uh, the introduction that is written in uh, the Pratyabhigna Rudam by Jaydev Singh on page five. I'm just giving some quotes here. That the chit Sears itself by Chitrupini Shakti. Now, what does that mean? That there is energy inside the Atma given by the Paramatma. This, so, this is just a further interpretation based on what's written here and based on Vishita Advaita. That there is Paramatma Bhagwan Swayam residing within the Atma, and that Paramatma, that Bhagwan is transcendent to the Atma, but is fully present in the Atma. And that Paramatma's power, that God's power, comes into the Atma as the Chidrupini Shakti, and that is the searing power. So this searing itself as Chidrupini Shakti is Vimarsha. So the word Vimarsha means that it is it is t- taking the same the energy that is present from the atma, then into the atma, into the actual realization that the that the spark of the atma has so much power inside. That power is given by the paramatma to create the experience that we are looking for. The experience that the jivatma can get due to its causal body. So there is quite a bit. Uh, hidden within within these lines here. So the searing itself is Chikchit Rupini Shakti, and that is Vimarsha. It is the Paramatma, it is the Atma Paramatma together that that it opens up the experience of Prakriti. Therefore, Vimarsha has been named differently as Parashakti. See, Parashakti is the transcendental power of God. That is Parashakti. So that same Vimarsha power, that is the creative power within Prakriti. Uh, in Vachanamrut, this is described as Prakriti ni Vikas avastha. Vikas means the expansion of Prakriti. That is So that is described as Parashakti, Paravak. It is also described as swan, svata, Svatantra. It is also <coughs> having a certain type of great independence it's very interesting i mean it's dependent on god but it is also but it is also quite um it kind of has a quality of its own see in in Vachanamrut, Sajan uh, sajanan swami explained that once the prakriti has been activated then this goes on it goes on automatically like a like a mechanism shri maya it's a, it happens automatically where Bhagavan doesn't have to do anything more on that this is written in vachanamrut it's once that is active it remains active so, so in that sense swatantraya, that word can be looked at that way then aishwarya of course tremendous amount of infinite amount of Aishwarya. Aishwarya means different kinds of powers open up. Then Kartutva. Kartutva refers to the, the ability to perform activity. We have that ability. We have the sense of me, that I can do something. That I am here, Sachin is here to do something in this world of Prakriti. That is its origin in the Parashakti. That is called Kartutva. Then, then there are some other words also. Urudaya, meaning residing in the heart. Spanda, that means vibration. That is the vibrational aspect that the creation itself is a tremendous spanda. And there are scriptures called spandakarigas. Okay, so there's a bunch of different words like this that that can be described. Now, let's go further. Uh, It will thus be seen that the ultimate reality is not only universal consciousness, but also universal psychic energy or power. This is on page 6 now of... Pratyabhignarudem, introduction, of the, uh, written by Jaydev Singham. i give you all the re- proper references. So the ultimate reality, what does this word ultimate reality mean? The word ultimate reality is different from re- relative reality. Relative reality, we are aware of that. If you study all of the academic disciplines in the universities, that is all a description of relative reality. That is called aparavidya in Upanishadic language right so in upanishadic language that is called aparavidya and the goal here is that the jivatma can actually reach moksha you know so to uh, to reach moksha we understand that the aparavidya aparavidya is there but aparavidya we want to be able to br- build the bridge into the paravidya so when we say ultimate reality the knowledge of the ultimate reality. Ultimate means that which is final, that which does not have any other cause behind it. Sarvakaarana karanam. It means that there is no cause beyond that cause. Otherwise, if you say that every cause has another cause, uh, then you then you wind up in something called a philosophical problem of infinite regress. Infinite regress means. Well, we say God created everything. Well, who created God? Some other God created God. Who created that God? So. Infinite regress is just an intellectual uh, uh, phenomena uh, about cause and effect. But when we say that the Brahman is the cause of all causes, it really means it's outside the realm of cause and effect. You know, kar, Karma, Maya, it's beyond those three. It's beyond the cause-effect phenomena itself. So that is what is meant by ultimate reality. Ultimate reality means it's the... It's eternally existing reality that cannot be created or destroyed. That is ultimate reality. Hence, ultimate reality is not only universal consciousness. uh, Meaning that ultimate reality is universal consciousness, but it's not just like a static uh, consciousness as we may think. It is also the universal psychic energy and power. This idea is there in psychology also. You know, this this notion that there is this great um, uh, mind, the universal mind. This idea is there with Carl Jung, that there's one profound great mind within which all of our minds are all interconnected. So it's like a similarity would be like with the Internet. We have millions and millions of computers connected to the Internet. Everyone is functioning a bit differently, but it's all connected to the same power. It's all connected to the same source. You know, there's one access that everybody can access the Internet. The Internet is one thing, but what you want to access is diverse. And then people accessing it are also diverse. So it's something like that, that the universal psychic energy is one. This, why the word psychic energy is used? Because that is the energy that is within our purview of understanding. We are not able to perceive the cosmic energy of millions of universes. We can only perceive our energy to some extent, the world energy into, within the world, and to some extent, whatever science has come up with uh, through the discovery, through the senses. That's all. But the psychic energy that is power or all-inclusive power or universal energy is not different from the ultimate reality. Again, I give that reference in Vachanamrut. Maharaj has explained there that Mahamaya, gets absorbed in the light of akshara brahma so that one sentence says it all but to understand that one sentence thousands of scriptures are there to open up that great truth all right so we can also say this all inclusive universal consciousness is also called anuttara anuttara means what the reality that w- that which that which there is nothing that may be called higher. Anuttara means that which there is nothing beyond that. You see, this is the whole point, the highest reality, the absolute. Uh, so it is both the transcendental, uh, uh, the transcendental and the imminent. So this is called Anvay Vatirakin Vachanamrut, And here in this particular book, it is called Vishwattarina. The transcendental means Vishwattarina in the Vishwamaya, Vishwamaya is the imminent. So that which is transcendent and imminent. What does this mean? Just let's let's try to understand these words in the remainder of our time today. (coughs) That which is beyond, that which is here. So first of all, let's just take something like our thoughts, which we're aware of. We have our personal thoughts, but thought itself can be at a transcendental level. That there is a cosmic thought that is called Mahatatva. Mahatatva means the cosmic uh, substance or the trans cosmic substance through which all of the evolutes have happened, the great Tattva. So there is, there is the beyond and there is the one that is present here, the imminent. Um, it's, it's like saying that God is present everywhere, within everything, but beyond everything, like space. Space is within everything, but beyond everything. But space is formless. So interestingly, in Vachanamrut, this point is also clarified. Fascinatingly, Maharaj in their state, meaning Sajan and Swami Maharaj, he stated that Bhagavan is Vetirek, meaning transcendent. God and Akshara Brahma are Vetirek. They are beyond everything. Beyond Prakriti. But they are also present within Prakriti. That is called Anuvai Swaroop. <coughs> so if, as they are present within Prakriti, what does it mean? It means that it doesn't mean that that entity that is the Parabrahma or the Brahma Tattva has degraded into the jivatma, has degraded into the names and forms. That is not the case. And, and from an Advaitic point of view, Advait Vedanta would say that it is only the Brahman or the Parabrahman or whatever you want to call it, it is the one without a second that is only existing as the many. It is dreaming the many. It is visualizing the many. It is it is expressing itself as the as the many. That is the? power that we're looking at that is the this cosmic psychic energy that is the intense power that is present in all of reality you know so so the 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 notion that there is a transcendental god is also present here a theistic notion theistic meaning that there is god there is something like god it's not some imaginary thing and it's not just a formless substance the, it's, it's something, there's actually Paramatma with form, so that is called Sakar Paramatma, Sakar Nishta, Sakar f- Form. Uh, but in Advaita Vedanta, that is rejected. And Advaita Vedanta would say that only the forms are here in this, in this for, realm of prakriti. Beyond that, there is no form of any kind. Uh, so that's been a debate for, for, within the acharyas for a long time. Whatever it may be, it is a matter of realization. Uh, and, it's a, and that whole subject is a little bit more profound subject than what we're getting into right now. But I will cover that later on in this series to some extent. The fact of the matter, in a simple way, we can say, we have a form. So f- something that has a form cannot come out of something that which is formless. This is one of the arguments for God having form. But then the Advaita, pure Advaita would say, no, just as you have the ocean or the water that can take so many different forms. It can take any form. It can be an ice cube. It can be vapor. It can be a, a sheet of ice. It can it can be in a glass of water. It can take so many different forms. So the Advaita would, would say that there is the one that has taken so many different forms. But those forms are nothing but the Brahma Tattva in a different form. So that is also, I mean, from my perspective, that is not wrong. That is true. That is also true. because it's, Because all the forms cannot exist independent of the substratum. But at the same time, what is not true is that the Brahma Tattva has degraded into, the, into ignorance. That's not the case. Then it cannot be called the Brahman, logically. We cannot say this, Satya Manantam Brahma, and that has degraded into the names and forms. That's not possible. You know, So the names and forms are part of the evolution of Prakriti, Vimarsha. It is part of the Spandana Shakti. It, it is part of that, of that creative power. From a from the Tatvagnan point of view of, of Vachanamrutam, we find that there are infinite number of souls with, with a causal body, and they are to be released. God is wish God's wish is to release them from the causal body into the and then take them into the Mukta state. But so that is from that point of view. Otherwise, you get into Advait Vedanta. You, the, the biggest problem in Advait Vedanta is the question of where did Agnan come from? Where did Maya come from? Or how did the One become Agnani? Well, even Adi Shankaracharya said that hasn't happened. In fact, his point is the Maya doesn't exist. You know, it, it's not, you think it exists, but it doesn't exist, and you think you are this body, mind, and all this thing, and that is also false. You know, so so his point in Advaita, the whole idea is to awaken to who you are—that you are the Brahman, Tat That is also true. That he's there's nothing is wrong in any of this, from my point of view at least, or from from what my studies and all that, and to some extent my experience. <coughs> there's nothing wrong in this but there is something limited in this so w- when we when we say that that the that the brahman is dreaming as the many that is from the nirvikalpa state from that point of view of god there's only god and so it's a matter of perspective from where we are to where we are evolving into from where we are now What do we see? We see that we have energy, we have power, we have thinking ability. We have decisions to make every day in terms of sadhana. What type of sadhana do we do? What type of nishta do we have? What type of even abstract meditation? People who say, we don't want to believe in God, we don't want to believe anything like God because it's a mental projection, like J. Krishnamurti and and others. They'll say, okay, then what what do you have then? You have your life. All right, well, start with that. Start with this life and probe further and probe into the experience and my opinion is that at some point, due to pain and suffering, your mind is going to latch on to something higher. Your mind is going to say, your emotions are going to say, I need some anchor, I need some help somewhere. And, and there may be some evolved people like Krishna Krishnamurti, some others who don't do that, but then they are experiencing tremendous strain psychologically as their energies awaken and as they are just in a state of sakshi bhav, awareness, choiceless awareness. But the strain is tremendous on the mind because the mind cannot handle that power that easily. It's like dumping a tremendous amount of power within the mind without it it having that proper expansion. That is why bhakti is needed. Bhakti, even Adi Shankaracharya Ji has emphasized bhakti so much because without bhakti, the mind cannot handle the power that is going to come to it, that is going to awaken within it. So that is a key point to understand here because... Self-recognition, when we say self-recognition, you're not going, there's no chance of recognizing the self as it is as long as there is limitations of the mind, as long as the, as long as the individual is very much trapped within the limited function of thought and emotion and desire. You see, so um, if we were to go further in this, in this whole process, the ultimate reality or the consciousness is something that is not blank. And that's the whole point. It's not some nothingness. It is actually the real conscious reality. And because it is there, because it is within us, it is, it is us, then, then, then there is the beauty of Prakriti. There is the experience of Prakriti. There is the Evolution of Prakriti, because it is through the evolution and experience of Prakriti that the, that one can find oneself again. It is re-recognition. So, Pratyabhigna means re-recognition. To recognize is one thing. I can say I recognize, but to re-recognize means that, oh, I have forgotten what I already had recognized before, that this is who I am. I am the Atma I have forgotten that, so I want to recognize that again, re-recognize, this is me and then all of the experiences that are occurring are non-dual. That is called drashta, drishe, viveka, viveka in the sense that you see see that they are different in one sense and then you see that they are the same. You know, it's interesting when we say that I am different from the world, that is part of the ego then we say, I am different from the world, that same statement can be made that the Atma is different from the experience of Prakriti. Okay, that's fine. That's a viti But then we can also say that the experience of Prakriti cannot exist independent of the Atma, cannot exist independent of God. So it's one. And, and that's the beauty. So this entire realization of God is a, trans, is a transition from the relative experience into ultimate reality realization. It is a transition. So it is a transition from this experience we have of the sun and the moon and the stars and the people in this planet, you know, into the great substratum of consciousness, a great substratum that is consciousness. And, And it can be said that that great substratum, that ultimate reality has infinite powers, ananda shakti, and contains in a potential form all that is ever likely to be. This is again on page 6. It's a quotation from the Pratyabhignaradayam by Jaydev Singh. So this is a very important statement here. That it has infinite powers and contains in a potential form all that is ever likely to be. What a statement that is. Everything that is possible does happen. These ideas are there in quantum theory, quantum physics now they have been there for a while, that every possibility does actually happen, given the nature of quantum phenomena of sub- subatomic particles. <clears throat> it's the same idea. So so, so, the <clears throat> so, the possibility, the potentiality of things happening are infinite, and essentially anything is possible in any way, because there's infinite power. So the inf- given that the consciousness is infinite power, and it has infinite power and contains in a potential form. See the words. There's the pot- p- potentiality in our life, we have so much potential. We know that. we use that all the time. Oh, I have a person that has so much potential. But that potential has to be opened up. You know it, there, there is so much potentiality in such a way that all that is all the, uh, it, um, that all that is ever likely to be is possible. Anything is possible, but but not only that, ever likely to be. In any permutation combination, this is possible. It has the swabhava, or nature of ultimate reality, to manifest. That that is the whole point, that the manifestation or the world process, as it is known, or the universe, we can say, it, it is a dynamic manifestation of the ultimate reality, and it is a natural nature of the Brahma Tattva, <coughs> of the Akshar Tattva, or of the, uh, uh, we can say the, the Parashiva Tattva, to manifest itself. That is called Swabhava. So it is the Swabhava, or nature of the ultimate reality, to manifest itself. Because the Mahamaya is, as per even Vachana Murut, is is, a, uh, is dependent on the Paramatma. You know, so, so the Paramatma's wish is such that this should express. Now somebody can ask why Mahamaya is there, why this, this Brahma is there, why this Jiva is there, why this pain, suffering, difficulty, why all this is there. <coughs> well, the answer to this question <coughs> comes about when one realizes the self. There's no other answer. You have to realize who you are, all questions answered. If you don't realize who you are, whatever answers you have will never be satisfying. You know The answer to the question why darkness is there is for the sunlight to come up and the question disappears. If the question needs to disappear rather than trying to answer the question why, why darkness is there. We can answer the question, oh, sunlight is not there, this is not there, that is not there. But even after answering the question, darkness doesn't disappear. There are thousands of answers in philosophy. There are hundreds of dissertations written on what is maya. That doesn't mean by reading them you're going to come out of maya. You might go deeper into Maya. In fact, you know. So the question of why does darkness exist at two a.m. is not relevant compared to the dis- compared to the dispelling of darkness. The sun comes up at six thirty or it's at uh, five thirty in the morning. Ah, the beautiful sunlight is there. The question disappears. The question of darkness disappears when the atmagnan, you know, atmagnan occurs. The gnani purush. Gnani being, when the realization of the Gnanam is, the is there, Gnanam Satya Manantam Brahma. Satya Brahma means what? You realize the infinite reality, the divine, the Prakasha. Prakasha Vimarsha. When you realize this, what do we find? We find that, oh, there's divine joy in everything, in, including in Prakriti. Prakriti is not rejected then. Prakriti, you see the experiences of Prakriti as a play. It is called Chit shakti Vilas it is a play of consciousness there is a book written by this name by baba muktananda chit shakti vilas and that's what he's referring to most interesting and very very applicable so in our life every experience we have is a bubbling flowering wonderful very mindful very glorious beautiful experience where the where the individual personality is not caught in the ignorance that is attached to it by by the limitations of maya is not getting caught inside the maya. In Swamini Vato, in Gunatitan and Swamini Vato, uh, this is uh, the way he has described this. He said, jo kare thai na ave. In Gujarati that is written. So what does it mean? If you have actual realization, gunyana, as such, pure 100%, you will not be caught inside maya. You can, you, you'll be playing with maya. That is the Raslila. That is the Raslila of Sri Krishna. It is a play with Maya. Rather than being caught in Maya. That's a big difference. There's a very big difference. You know, sometimes we, we, are, we see so much suffering in the world. But if you can see it in the light of the Brahman, it is a play of consciousness. And you still are having compassion, serving the world. All those beautiful, divine, saintly qualities are there. But you see it in a much broader light. You see that the Jivatma is on a journey. All the Jivatmas interact with each other through karma. You see everything. You can see the Jnani saint, Jnani Purusha's infinite vision, Ananta Lochana. That is the beauty. So we, whatever we perceive, we perceive it in the, in the context of the light of Prakash Vimarsha. And when we, when we perceive it in, the, in that sense, in that light of consciousness, Everything is clear, and we remain eternally free. In remaining free, there is the flow of karuna. There is the flow of infinite, non-entangled compassion. That is called karuna, not daya. So karuna is non-entangled compassion. That is karuna, and that is moksha. That's jivan moksha. You know, so so the identification and the possession, like we're seeing in this slide here. This thing begins to dissipate, but in such a way, such a way that one is evolving so beautifully into this constant state of realization and joy without any other kind of, kind of distortion. So, prakar vimarśa means what Prakasha is, the light of the Atma, divine light, the light beyond the sunlight, Natat Suryo. That the sunlight and the moonlight cannot reach that dham, that akshara dham, that akshara brahma, that brahma tattva that is beyond the light, light, of, the, light of the sun and the moon, beyond the light of the stars. That is, a diff, that, that is described in Vachanamrut. Garada number 12, Pratam 12. And the uh, analogy is given, if the whole world, is made out of glass and there are many 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 suns thousands of suns around what kind of light will be in that glass it is that kind of intense light is the light of the atma light of the akshara brahma and within that divine light is god parabrahma Tattva. Bhagwan purushottam amazing this is vachanamrut that is also visishtadvaita and uh, in Adi Shankaracharya, he has not distinguished the para Brahma that way. But he has talked about the need for Upasa and bhakti while we're here. So, having said all this, we will continue further along these lines tomorrow. There's so much to contemplate. Every line in this in this uh, beautifully written book on the Pratyabhigna is uh, is filled with glorious truth. There is so much fantastic... Uh, uh I- intense depth in every single line here i mean good lord i could spend probably the rest of my life studying this book and and it's uh and its intensity you know that is the glory of our scriptures they are so profound they're sp- but they need to be opened up they need to be understood in in a way that makes sense to us here you know we're living this practical day-to-day life we're living this life as it is but to o- live this life in b- b- through the light of the Atma, through the light of the Brahman, that Guru uh, uh, Gururu Sakshat Param Brahma Tasmay Shri Guru Venamma, the Guru Tattva within us is the process of Prakriti resonating with the, with the Atma, that process of Prakriti in its resonance to recognize the Prakash of the Atma, Atma Prakash, Rude Prakash, to recognize that, that is Guru Tattva. Alright, okay, so there's even, by the way, a scripture called Hriday Prakash in Swaminarayan Sampraday that talks about these things. And uh, that is in Gujarati, written by Nishkoran and Swami. I may try to find that and put some references in there also. Alright, so we'll put that uh, in there next time. And uh, see you tomorrow with this.